The Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one, Amanda Galbraith is here, principal at Navigator and host of Free for All Fridays, Robert Turner of News Talk 1010. And good morning, Shelley Carroll, budget chief for the city of Toronto. Nice to see you. Good morning. All right. Uh, you know, to quote the old expression, uh, you got some splaining to do. Um, <laughs> Happy to. Okay. Well, exactly. I mean, make the case. You had to uh, draft this document. First of all, let me ask you what the, and this is a bit process, but I mean, you announced all kinds of stuff yesterday, but the mayor's version comes out on the 1st of February. Is there a possibility it's different? Uh, there is a possibility because uh, this month is all about listing. Uh, what you saw yesterday was the staff draft of the budget, and and they they get there by getting advice from budget committee members. So we've been since uh, early October reviewing their their uh, proposals and giving them advice on is that going to fly, is that not going to fly, item by item, line by line. And so what you see is the product of that. But now we turn to listening to the community, uh, and I know that we're. We're going to hear from them loud and clear. They're going to find out more and more details as the days roll on here. And then February 1st, we hope that by then we have a response from the federal government on what to do about that outstanding amount of $250 million. And if that happens, there are some, some ways in which we can adjust the budget. But i got to tell you right up front, the 10.5% is really about truing up these books and drawing a line under all of the COVID amounts that were left in the book. So it, it doesn't necessarily a federal response doesn't necessarily mean it changes that 10.5. It just means we don't have to, as you call it, surtax on top of that. That's the problem. Okay, so is this 10.5% about this sort of one-time impact of COVID, or is it because there is still a disconnect between the services we're providing and the money that's coming in? It's both of those things. Um, There is that disconnect, and that's really been kicking around since amalgamation. Uh, We never really uh, got that fiscal formula right. But it, it was all brought into sharp relief when we got into COVID. Now we're absorbing huge expenses. Now we're looking at a catastrophic ridership drop. And that ridership hasn't come back in TTC. The provincial New Deal helped us a lot there. So we're able to do not a fair increase. We're able to invest in, in some safety on the system and some reliability on the system. But we're still left needing to match real dollars with the services people want. And we want to take out any of those old COVID expenses that we were just carrying forward. And so this trues up, and it really does set us on a course for things getting better and better and better every year. All right. Robert, you like wrestling, so I'll tap out, and you can... Uh, you can. Oh, I'm going to tag in? I'm going to tag it in? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I, I, everything you're saying kind of makes sense, but I think the city has a real messaging problem when... We've increased services on the TTC, haven't we? And now we have to crank the budget for that. So that was a choice. And the choice was Robert needs to pay more. And I don't know that you're able to sell that to everybody effectively. I guess that's what this communication month and listening is all about. Um, And the city has, you know, in the past... Made in, in the very recent past, the, the Dundas Street one is a great example. Well, we're not going to rename Dundas Street because we don't really have the money for it. It was kind of right. where you landed. Right. But we do have the money to rename the square. Why do any of it? 
right? Like the city doesn't act like it's in a financial crisis when it makes some of these decisions is, is as a taxpayer where I'm coming from. So I have some questions about whether or not we could be cutting more, but I also don't know how you do that when you're dealing with the kind of giant budget items we are. Like you're not, there's no easy way to rein in the police budget in the next month when That's you have correct. to have a budget, right? Yeah. But I also have sat here for years listening to the last mayor, the mayor before that, the mayor before that, talk about how we're going to do things differently, especially when it comes to things like policing, and then we don't see it happen. So I don't, you know, Mayor Chow, I think, while she's trying to blame everybody who's before her, that this, you know, I showed up and this place was a mess. Okay. <laughs> well, then why did you sign up? Because it's not exactly a secret that it was a mess. You have to own this now. I don't know that you're going to be effectively able to sell everybody that, what is it, 30 bucks a month for the average person, which, hey, is that a lot of money? It really depends on who you are. I've never lived yes. in a time, a, 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 a point in time in my life where absolutely everyone around me is talking about what streaming services they're looking at. Do I really need this? When they're looking at their grocery bills, when they're looking at gas prices, when they're looking at the heating, uh, how much it costs, costs to heat the house, how much the hydro bill is, all of those costs are going up. So you add that to the mix. I think you're going to have a lot of frustrated taxpayers saying, Wait a second, I'm paying more. Oh, and I'm getting less. Because, like, in my neighborhood, we just lost mechanical leaf collection. And we can argue whether we ever should have had it. But, no, but, I, so as a taxpayer, I'm paying, more, I'm paying more now, significantly more, and getting less service and being told that everybody's doing a great job. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Amanda, I'm holding the rope. I'm reaching out to you. Tagged in. There you go. There you go. Amanda. <laughs> yeah. And I will preface my comments with saying, like, I, Having been through a budget process, like I'm sure Councillor Carroll's exhausted. Yeah. I'm sure her and her team have been working 24 7. So, all of this is not a criticism of Councillor Carroll. Um, but, like, I do think this idea that all of a sudden, like, Council, who's largely been there for the last decade plus, whatever, woke up and there's this huge problem and we never knew it existed before. Like, I call utter BS on it. I also call BS that this is a staff budget. I mean, this is a very obviously politically, which is fine. It's a politically orchestrated move. There's no way the mayor just woke up and was like, oh, yo, look, the staff are proposing a 10.5% property tax increase. Let's see what you say, like Torontonians. I mean, I think throwing a hardball at the feds to say, are you going to pay up? To me, is an interesting strategy. But like the idea that we have to jack taxes in this city in order to provide services. Like over the last decade, nine years, whatever you want to say, TTC operating subsidy went up by 75% over nine years. Housing services and support went up by 123%. The, the police budget, 23%. And that's all while keeping taxes at or below the rate of inflation. So do we have, I think, a systemic issue with how we fund this city? Absolutely. Do I accept that we need a, a, a double digit property tax increase to do that? No, I do not. Um, do I think that this administration thus far has been actually pretty good at arm twisting to get money out of the other levels of government, particularly the province? Yes, I do. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see them tangle with the feds. So I just, I do want to be clear, this idea that like, oh, I woke up today and there's this huge problem and we didn't know it existed, like, not true. Uh, but I, every every government, it, since I remember I, when I went in the Harper government, our first line was after 13 years of mismanagement by the Liberals. So it's very politically, you know, normal to do this, but I just think we should have some context to it. Okay, and to continue the wrestling metaphor, Shelly Carroll, you get right of reply, and maybe it's time for ladders and chairs. Well, just run one reply, and, and really this is taking issue, uh, not with the, my panelists, but but with Scott Reed earlier. This is not a case of uh, the mayor woke up after she was elected and, and found the city having a problem. Uh, we heard her talking about this in her, uh, in her campaign. Uh, I think it's part of the reason that she did 
did run because the problems that exist with our fiscal formula that really started with amalgamation were there when she was a counselor and she could see that they were still there. And she heard John Tory speaking to them ably and very well. Every city manager for the last four speaking to this problem and speaking to other governments about it. Every mayor really, including Rob Ford, has been saying there's something wrong here. But COVID caused us to really hit a wall. Can we have two-digit property tax increases forever? No, of course not. It means we've got to start to have some real conversations about who does what in this city, who pays for what in this city, because property tax is the wrong place to go for, for some of these things. That's why we're asking the federal government to pick up their responsibilities. But this is not a new conversation. It's part of the reason we went out in pre-budget consultations to really spell it out and, and get people's opinion. And what they said was, you know, in hard times, I really do rely on the city services. Uh, we said, what would you increase? What would you decrease? They had a hard time saying what they would decrease, but they had lots of ideas for what needed to be increased. And so this is about getting us to a position where we're solidly on track here. This is a responsible set of books now because there's no notional COVID amounts left hanging around or carried forward. Uh, we're still investing in capital because we badly need to do repairs. So the city building funded one of a half does that. That 9% really trues up the operating budget. But we, to go forward, we need to continue what Doug Ford has promised, that that working group table continues to deal with the overall fiscal formula. And that's something that this isn't the first mayor who's asked for it. I, I could go all the way back to Mel Lastman. Everybody's been saying we're not quite there yet with this formula to fund cities in Canada. Well, an hour from now, Brad Bradford's going to be here, and he's going to say, blah, 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 core services review. And I don't think you agree <laughs> with that. So uh, if you want to preemptively jump in and say, you know, offer up a rebuttal in advance, uh, go ahead. Been there, done that. Um, yeah, but we didn't do budget, anything after the, the yeah, APMG report. Precisely. Although this we budget, took away your leaf collection. This Robert. budget has Thank you. $600 million. 600 million plus in efficiencies and cost avoidance. What were they? Um, well, the 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 one we're we're putting out there, the the star one, which is the one that community really has to debate, is if you want better snow clearing across the board, windrow clearing isn't working. If we cut it, we can save you some money and make the other parts of the snow program better. So That's I won't be able to get out of my driveway. But man, those roads are going to be great. <laughs> that is the proposal no leaf, from no transportation. I said that's what the community has to debate between now and February 1st. <laughs> but there are 600 million efficiencies. The last time we let a third party was KPMG. Yeah come in and do a core service review. We got $16 million, one six in cuts, and two 24-hour meetings in which the community went ape. That's all we got out of doing a core service review with people who don't deeply deliver these services day after day after day. We got $600 million when in two rounds over the summer and the fall, we said to staff, you got to find more, you got to find more, you guys got to tighten your belts, and we got to $600 million. Okay, we've run out the clock on one single topic. I don't know, Robert, if you have any parting words on all of this, uh, but you've been very forthcoming, well, Shelley. Uh, well, yeah, and here, and Shelley's here in person. Yes. She's not from a secure location, which one might expect. <laughs> no, because you, you got to wear this, right? And it's going to be a difficult Absolutely. couple of days. Yeah, it's, I, it kind of reminds me, I asked uh, Kathleen Wynne when she took over from Dalton McGinty if she felt like she'd opened the front door and found a flaming bag of poo. I mean, you must. are there days where you regret signing on as budget chief? Well, 
Well, I had to think about it long and hard, but I desperately want to fix this so that people really can look to the future. Um, I want everyone to, to be able to deliver the same thing I'm trying to deliver. I want this city to be a place where my grandchildren say, yeah, I love this city. I'm staying. Coming I up, want this to be a place where my kids don't have to rake leaves, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> well, my kids would have to because that's a little niche operation in your district. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.